After reciting the Tashahud, Ta'uz, and Surah Al-Fatiha, Hazrat Khalif Tamsi V, Ayyadahullah Ta'ala bin Asil Aziz, stated, Previously, the accounts in the life of Hazrat Usman who were being narrated, and also the battles he took part in. One of those expeditions was Dhatul Riqa. The Holy Prophet set off against the Ghatfan tribes of Banu Thalba and Banu Muharib in Najd with an army of 400 companions, or according to another narration, 700 companions. The Holy Prophet appointed Hazrat Usman as the Emir in Medina. Whereas, according to another narration, the Holy Prophet appointed Hazrat Abu Dhar Ghaffari as the Emir. The Holy Prophet reached a place in Najd called Nakhil, which was also known as Dhatul Riqa. A large army had gathered there in order to confront the Holy Prophet. Both armies lined up against each other, but a battle did not ensue and the people remained fearful to each other. During this very battle, the Muslims offered Salatul Khawf for the first time. With regards to the reason behind the name given to this expedition, it is mentioned that it was called Zatul Riqa because the companions patched their flags. It is also said that there was a tree or mountain in this area by the name of Zatul Riqa. A narration in Bukhari is as follows. Hazrat Musa Ash'ari relates, we set off for a battle alongside the Holy Prophet There were six of us. We had one camel among us, which we rode in turns. Our feet were cut open. That is, there were not six men in the expedition, but there were six men designated to one camel during the battle. Both of my feet were cut open as well, and the nails had fallen off. We would wrap pieces of cloth around our feet. As such, it has been called the Battle of Dhatul 
that is, the battle of patches, as we had wrapped patches of cloth around our feet. There is a note by the research cell here which is part of this, and so I will mention it as well. According to the books of history and biographies of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, the Battle of the Atariqah took place in the fourth year after Hijrah. However, Imam Bukhari has stated that this battle took place following the Battle of Khaybar, as Hazrat Abu Musa Ashari participated in this battle, and he accepted Islam after the Battle of Khaybar. Therefore, the date of seventh year after Hijrah seems to be more plausible. With regards to the accounts about the conquest of Makkah, which took place in the eighth year after Hijrah, a detailed narration can be found in Sunan and Nisai about those individuals whom the Holy Prophet had ordered to be executed on this occasion. Hazrat Musab bin Saad relates from his father. On the day of the conquest of Mecca, the Holy Prophet ﷺ granted protection to all disbelievers, save four men and two women. The Holy Prophet ﷺ said, Kill these four individuals, even if you find them clinging onto the covers of the Kaaba. These were Ikrama bin Abi Jahl, Abdullah bin Khatr, Mukis bin Subaba, and Abdullah bin Saad bin Abi Sarah. When Abdullah bin Khatal was seized, he was holding on to the covers of the Kaaba. Hazrat Sayyid bin Huraith and Ammar bin Yasir both rushed towards him. Sayyid advanced and killed him. Muqis was caught by the people in the marketplace and they killed him. Ikrama ran towards the sea. The people aboard the ship were caught in a storm, upon which they said, Be sincere and truthful as your gods will be of no avail to you here. Hearing this, Ikrama said, By Allah, if there is anything that can save me on sea, it is sincerity and truthfulness. Furthermore, it is sincerity and truthfulness alone that can save me on land as well. O Allah, I sincerely pledge to you that if you save me from this storm, I will go to Muhammad and place my hand in his hand, and I am certain that I will find him forgiving and benevolent. Following this, he returned and accepted Islam. The more commonly known narration is that before boarding the ship, his wife caught up with him and convinced him to return. This narration will be mentioned later on. Nevertheless, this was a narration from Sunan Nisai. As for Abdullah bin Abi Sarah, he sought protection with Hazrat Usman bin Affan radiallahu anhu. Then, when the Holy Prophet invited people to pledge allegiance, Hazrat Usman took him to the Holy Prophet and said, O Messenger of Allah, accept the pledge of allegiance from Abdullah. The Holy Prophet looked up at him three times and refused each time. Eventually, the Holy Prophet ﷺ accepted his Pledge of Allegiance and then later said, 
Was there no wise person amongst you who could have killed that man whose pledge of allegiance I was hesitant about accepting? They replied, saying, O Messenger of Allah, how could we know what was in your heart? Why did you not indicate this to us by signaling with your eyes? The Holy Prophet said, It does not behove a prophet to cast a glance in a deceptive manner. This narration is recorded in Sunan Abi Daud, although another similar narration is also present in Sunan Abi Daud. However, the last part about killing him is not mentioned. In this narration, Hazrat ibn Abbas anhu states that Abdullah bin Saad bin Abi Sarah used to be a scribe for the Holy Prophet but Satan drove him astray, due to which he joined the disbelievers. On the day of the conquest of Mecca, the Holy Prophet ordered for him to be killed. Hazrat Usman bin Affan sought protection for him, upon which the Holy Prophet granted him protection. With regards to the statement of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, saying that Abdullah should have been killed and asking why he was not, one explanation about this is that this narration of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, in which he says to his companions that when he had delayed accepting his pledge of allegiance, why had they not killed him, is questionable. Had the Holy Prophet ﷺ not wished to accept his pledge of allegiance and wanted to remain firm on his decision to kill him, then he could have ordered for him to be killed. He was the victor and the leader of the state and the order he had given for him to be killed was based upon justice. Thus, it is possible that a narrator added their own views in this narration. Furthermore, this narration is not found in Bukhari or Muslim and another version of this narration in the se- on the same subject is found in Abu Daud, related by Hazrat Ibn Abbas which has already been referred to earlier. And this also makes no mention of the part about the killing. As a Muslim author mentions this, these incidents in the commentary of Surah Al-Mu'minun, verse 15. There is a historical incident associated with this verse, which is necessary to mention here. There was a scribe by the name of Abdullah bin Abi Sarah, who would write down the revelations of the Holy Prophet Whenever the Holy Prophet received a revelation, he would call him and have it written down. One day, while dictating these very verses, when he reached, Thumma ansha'nahu khalqan akhar, Abdullah spontaneously uttered the words, Fatabarakallahu ahsanul khaliqeen. The Holy Prophet said that this is exactly what the revelation was and that he should write it down. That wretched person did not realize that these words were the natural result of the preceding verses. Abdullah thought that since the words he had uttered were accepted by the Holy Prophet to be the same as the revelation, therefore he thought that the Holy Prophet was, God forbid, making up the rest of the Quran himself. Thus he became an apostate and went to a Mecca. On the occasion of the conquest of Mecca, Abdullah bin Abi Sarah was among those whom the Holy Prophet ﷺ had issued the death penalty. However, 
Hazrat Usman granted him protection and he hid in his home for three days. One day, when the Holy Prophet ﷺ was taking the Pledge of Allegiance from the people of Mecca, Hazrat Usman anhu took Abdullah bin Abi Sarah to the Holy Prophet ﷺ and requested that he accept Abdullah's Pledge of Allegiance. The Holy Prophet ﷺ initially showed some reluctance, but then he accepted his Pledge of Allegiance. Thus, Abdullah accepted Islam once again. The incident of Ikrama bin Abi Jahl's acceptance of Islam as mentioned in the narration of Sunan and Nisai is different to the account mentioned in the books of Sirat. As I have mentioned before, Ikrama bin Abi Jahl was among those whom the Holy Prophet ordered to be killed during the conquest of Makkah. Ikrama and his father used to cause much pain to the Holy Prophet and severely persecuted the Muslims. When he discovered that the Holy Prophet had ordered for his execution, he fled towards Yemen. His wife pursued him after having accepted Islam and reached Ikramah at the coast as he was about to board a ship. According to one account, she found him after he had already boarded the ship. She stopped him, saying, O son of my uncle, I have come to you from that person who unites people the most, who is the most pious, and who is most well-wishing among the people. Do not put yourself in ruin, for I have sought security on your behalf. Thereupon he returned with his wife, accepted Islam, and he did so in an exceptional manner. According to one narration, when Ikrama came before the Holy Prophet ﷺ, he said, O Muhammad ﷺ, my wife has informed me that you have granted me amnesty. The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, You speak the truth. Indeed, you have been given amnesty. Thereupon Ikrama said, I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. He has no partner and that you are his servant and messenger and then lowered his head out of embarrassment. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said, O Ikrama, I shall grant you whatever you ask of me so long as I have the power to bestow it. He replied, Pray for my forgiveness for every transgression I committed against you. Upon this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ supplicated, O Allah, forgive Ikrama for all the transgressions he committed against me, or forgive him for all his evil deeds. Then the Holy Prophet ﷺ stood up, brimming with joy, and covered Ikrama in his own cloak, saying, Welcome, O ye, who has come to us in a state of faith and having migrated. Ikrama was later counted among the most eminent companions. Ikrama's acceptance of Islam was also a fulfillment of that prophecy which the Holy Prophet ﷺ narrated to his companions. He had seen in a dream 
that he was in paradise, where he saw a bunch of grapes which looked very pleasing to him. The Holy Prophet inquired, Who is this for? It was said that this was for Abu Jahl. This was displeasing to him and troubled him greatly. The Holy Prophet said, None shall enter paradise except a believer. So how can this be for Abu Jahl? Ikrimah then accepted Islam, which pleased the Holy Prophet and he interpreted that the bunch of grapes referred to Ikrimah. The Battle of Tabuk took place in Rajab 9 Hijri and is also known as Jaishul Usra, i.e. the Army of Hardship. The details in relation to the financial sacrifice offered by Hazrat Usman are as follows. The Battle of Tabuk took place in 9 Hijri and was also known as Jaishul Usra, i.e. the Army of Hardship. The Holy Prophet made an appeal for contribution towards the preparation of this battle. Upon this, Hazrat Usman presented his entire trade caravan of a hundred camels, including its litter and saddles, which had been prepared to go to Syria. The Holy Prophet made another appeal, and again, in light of the provisions required for the expedition, Hazrat Usman prepared another hundred camels along with their litters and saddles and presented it to the Holy Prophet. The Holy Prophet yet again made another appeal and Hazrat Usman for a third time prepared a further hundred camels, including their litter and saddles, and presented them to the Holy Prophet When the Holy Prophet stepped down from his pulpit, he stated, ما على الأثمان ما عمل بعد There will be no retribution for whatever Usman does from now on. There will be no retribution for whatever Usman does from now on. Apart from this, Hazrat Usman presented 200 okia of gold to the Holy Prophet According to another narration, Hazrat Usman presented himself before the Holy Prophet and placed 1,000 dinars in the Holy Prophet lap. The Holy Prophet placed his hands in the coins that were in his lap and whilst moving them around, he stated, ما Usman ما عمل بعد اليوم there will be no retribution for whatever Usman does from now on. According to another narration, Hazrat Usman presented 10,000 dinars and the Holy Prophet ﷺ prayed for Hazrat Usman as follows. Meaning, O Usman, May Allah grant you his forgiveness for whatever you have done discreetly and openly and whatever you go on to do until the day of judgment. As of today, he should have no concern over any of his deeds. According to another narration, Hazrat Usman presented 1,000 dinars and 70 horses for the preparation of this battle. According to another narration, on this occasion the Holy Prophet stated to Usman, O Usman, May Allah grant you his forgiveness for whatever you have done discreetly and openly and whatever you go on to do until the day of judgment. As of today, whatever he does, Allah will not hold him accountable. According to another narration, the Holy Prophet on this occasion prayed for Hazrat Usman as follows. 
اللہ مردی ان عثمان فنی انہ راد Meaning, O oh Allah, express your pleasure for Usman, for I am also pleased with him. Hazrat Muslim anhu states, At times the companions anhum, would sell the items and provisions in their homes and fulfill the expenditure for the battles. In fact, we also find examples whereby they sold all their properties and possessions and spent it for the sake of others. and provided them for all their needs. For example, on one occasion, the Holy Prophet ﷺ once came out and stated, Our army is leaving for an expedition, but the believers do not have any possessions. Is there anyone who wants to earn a good deed? Upon hearing this, Hazrat Usman immediately stood up, and whatever he had earned in profit, he presented it to the Holy Prophet ﷺ in order to fulfill the expenses of the Muslims. Observing this, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, Uthman has purchased paradise. Similarly, on one occasion, a water well was available to buy and since the Muslims in those days were facing extreme hardship owing to a lack of water, the Holy Prophet ﷺ asked if there was anyone who wanted to earn a good deed. The Hazrat Uthman submitted, O Messenger of Allah, I am present and at your service. Following this, Hazrat Uthman purchased the water well and donated it to the Muslims. Once again, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, Usman has purchased paradise. Similarly, on another occasion, the Holy Prophet ﷺ used these same words. In short, there were three such occasions where the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated that Hazrat Usman had purchased paradise. Hazrat Muslimah states, On numerous occasions, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated that Hazrat Usman had purchased paradise and that he was destined to enter paradise. On the occasion of the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, the Holy Prophet ﷺ took an oath of allegiance once again, but Hazrat Usman was not present there at the time. The Holy Prophet ﷺ placed his other hand upon his own hand and stated, This is the hand of Usman, and I place my hand on behalf of him. In this way, the Holy Prophet ﷺ declared his hand to be the hand of Hazrat Usman. On another occasion, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated, O Usman, Allah will bestow you with a cloak. The hypocrites will try to remove this cloak from you, but do not remove this cloak. Hazrat Muslimah continues, Here, the Holy Prophet ﷺ stated to Hazrat Usman not to remove this cloak. and those who seek to remove it from him will in fact be the hypocrites. Thus, from this it is evident that those who opposed him were hypocrites and the Holy Prophet ﷺ had foretold about them. Hazrat Khalif the Masih has mentioned the sacrifice of Hazrat Usman as follows. Once, provisions were required for a battle and the Holy Prophet ﷺ made an appeal for the essential requirements before the companions and urged them to offer financial sacrifices. Subsequently, Hazrat Abu Bakr bought his entire wealth and Hazrat Umar brought half of his wealth. Hazrat Usman submitted, I will endure all the expense of 10,000 companions. Kindly accept this from me. 
On top of that, he donated 1,000 camels and 70 horses. What were the services and status of Hazrat Usman anhu, during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr's Khilafat and what was his rank in the eyes of Hazrat Abu Bakr? During the Khilafat of Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu, Hazrat Usman was among those companions and a part of a consultative body with whom Hazrat Abu Bakr would seek consultation regarding important matters. After having suppressed the rebellion of the apostates, Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu decided to launch an attack against the Byzantines and also decided to send Mujahideen to various fronts. Hazrat Abu Bakr sought consultation from the people on this matter and upon this some of the companions presented their suggestions. When Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu sought further consultation, Hazrat Usman submitted, You are a well-wisher of the believers of this faith and show benevolence to them. Thus, Whatever you decide is beneficial for the people, you should make firm resolve regarding it, because no one can think ill about you. In other words, Hazrat Usman stated that no one could ever think ill of Hazrat Abu Bakr. Upon this, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Saad, Hazrat Abu Ubaidah, Hazrat Sa'id bin Zaid, as well as the other Muhajireen and Ansar members who were present in this gathering, agreed with Hazrat Usman that he had indeed spoken the truth. Do whatever you deem appropriate. We will neither oppose you nor lay any blame on you. After this, Hazrat Ali spoke and then Hazrat Abu Bakr stood among the people and praised Allah the Almighty, which he is most worthy of, and invoked salutations upon the Holy Prophet Thereafter he stated, O people, Allah the Almighty has bestowed his blessings upon you through the religion of Islam. He has granted you honour through jihad and through this faith, he has granted you superiority over all other faiths. Thus, O servants of Allah, prepare an army to go to battle against the Byzantines in the land of Syria. When Hazrat Abu Bakr sought consultation from his companions as to who should be appointed as the governor of Bahrain in place of Abban bin Said, Hazrat Usman bin Affan anhu submitted, Send the person who was appointed as the governor over the people of Bahrain by the Holy Prophet ﷺ himself. He subsequently became the means of them accepting Islam and demonstrating their obedience. He is also well aware of its people and the area, that is, Allah bin Hadrami. Upon this, Hazrat Abu Bakr expressed his agreement to this suggestion and appointed Allah bin Hadrami as the governor of Bahrain. Hazrat ibn Abbas anhu relates that during the era of Hazrat Abu Bakr's Khilafat, there was a drought and the people presented themselves before Hazrat Abu Bakr anhu and submitted. There is no rainfall from the skies and the ground is not producing any vegetation. Consequently, people are facing extreme difficulty. Hazrat Abu Bakr replied, Return and remain patient. Allah the Almighty will alleviate your concerns by this evening. Meanwhile, Hazrat Usman's trade caravan consisting of a hundred camels laden with wheat and other food provisions arrived in Medina from Syria. Upon hearing news of this, people assembled outside the door of Hazrat Usman and knocked on his door. Hazrat Usman came out and inquired from the people what they wanted. 
They replied, You are aware that we are experiencing a drought. There is no rainfall from the skies, and the ground is not producing any crops, and people are extremely concerned. We have come to know that you have grain. Therefore, if you could sell it to us, we will distribute it amongst the needy and the poor. Hazrat Usman replied, Very well, come inside and purchase it. The, the merchants entered his house and saw the grain stored inside. Hazrat Usman said to the merchants, How much profit will you give me on all this grain which I have purchased from Syria? He asked that he has purchased the provisions from Syria and transported them. How much would they give him for it? The merchants wanted to share the cost among themselves and so stated they would give 12 in exchange for 10. In other words, if the cost was 10 dirham, they would give 12 dirham in return. Hazrat Usman said, I am receiving an offer greater than this. They replied, we will offer 15 instead of 10. We are ready to pay 15 instead of 10. Hazrat Usman said, I am receiving even more than this. The merchants said, O Abu Umar, there are no merchants in Medina aside from us. Who then is giving you more than this? Hazrat Usman replied, Allah the Almighty is giving me 10 dirham in exchange for my one dirham, i.e. giving tenfold in return for every one. Are you able to give me more than this? They replied, no, we cannot give you more than this. To this Hazrat Usman said, I call upon Allah as my witness that I give this grain for the poor Muslims as sadqa, i.e. he gave away all the grain to the poor without taking anything in return for it. Hazrat Ibn Abbas relates, On the day this incident took place, i.e. the grain was given away as sadqa. I saw the Holy Prophet ﷺ in a dream. He was mounted on a large non-Arab horse. The Holy Prophet ﷺ was wearing a garment infused with spiritual light. His shoes were full of light and in his hand he was wielding a stick full of light. It seemed that the Holy Prophet ﷺ was in a hurry. I said to him, O Messenger of Allah, I was eager to meet you and speak with you. Where are you heading to in such a hurry? The Holy Prophet ﷺ replied, O Ibn Abbas, Usman has presented a sadaqah and Allah the Almighty has accepted it and has arranged for his marriage in heaven. I have also been invited to attend the wedding. I will present a few accounts with regards to Hazrat Usman's status and rank during the Khilafat of Hazrat Umar When Hazrat Umar was appointed the Khalifa, he decided to seek advice from the eminent companions about their stipends from the treasury. Upon this, Hazrat Usman stated, 
make use of it and impart some to us also. In other words, that he should use the money to fulfill his requirements and to also help the people with their needs. So there is no need to fix an amount. When the Islamic empire began to expand, as did its wealth, Hazrat Umar gathered some of the companions to seek counsel about the wealth. Hazrat Usman said, I have observed that the wealth has increased to an amount that it will be enough for the people. If we do not keep a record of the people who have received their share and those who have not, I fear that we will fall into great difficulty, i.e. some people may take it twice. Therefore a set system should be implemented and records should be kept. Upon this, Hazrat Umar accepted the advice of Hazrat Usman and a census was carried out in which names were recorded in a register. After this, people began to officially receive their share. With regards to Hazrat Usman's Khilafat, there is a prophecy of the Holy Prophet It has been mentioned briefly before regarding the wearing of a shirt and the hypocrites taking it off. This tradition is narrated by Hazrat Abu Bakr that one day the Holy Prophet asked, Has anyone among you seen a dream? One person said that he had seen that a scale descended from the heavens and the Holy Prophet and Hazrat Abu Bakr were weighed against one another and the Holy Prophet was heavier. Then Hazrat Abu Bakr was weighed against Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Abu Bakr was heavier. Then Hazrat Umar and Hazrat Usman were weighed against each other and Hazrat Umar was heavier. Then the scales were raised back up to the heavens. We looked to the face of the Holy Prophet and saw that he was displeased by this. The Holy Prophet was not overjoyed by this dream, but instead he was greatly displeased. Another narration is as follows. Hazrat Jabir bin Abdullah narrates that the Holy Prophet once said, This evening a righteous person was shown in a dream. Hazrat Abu Bakr was joined with the Holy Prophet and Hazrat Umar was joined to Hazrat Abu Bakr and Hazrat Usman was joined to Hazrat Umar. Hazrat Jabir further narrates, When the Holy Prophet stood up to depart, we said that the righteous person represented the Holy Prophet and for some of them to be joined to others meant that these people would be the rulers over this matter, i.e. the faith, which Allah the Almighty established through His Prophet Hazrat Samurah bin Jundub narrates that a man said, O Messenger of Allah, I saw a bucket hanging from the sky. Hazrat Abu Bakr came, held both ends of its wooden handle and drank a little from it. Next came Hazrat Umar who held both ends of its wooden handle and drank from it to his full. Next came Hazrat Usman who caught hold of both ends of its handle and drank of it to his fill. Next came Hazrat Ali. He held both ends of its handle but it sprayed out and some water from it fell on him. This was also an indication of the order of Khilafat. Hazrat Ali's era of Khilafat was one of disorder and turmoil. There was an indication to this in that he was not able to drink from it properly. With regards to the Khilafat Electoral Committee formed prior to the election of Hazrat Usman, 
Hazrat Misfar bin Makhrama relates that when Hazrat Umar bin Khattab anhu, was in good health after the attack on him and he would be requested to appoint a Khalifa after him, he would always refuse to do so. However, one day, Hazrat Umar anhu came to the pulpit and mentioned a few things and then said, If I pass away, then I entrust your affairs to six individuals whom the Holy Prophet was pleased with at the time of his demise. They are Hazrat Ali bin Abi Talib and bearing similarity to him Hazrat Zubair bin Awam, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf and bearing similarity to him Hazrat Usman bin Affan, Hazrat Talha bin Ubaidullah and bearing similarity to him Hazrat Saad bin Malik. Hakan, for I instruct you all to adopt righteousness and justice whilst carrying out your decisions. Abu Jafar relates that Hazrat Umar bin Khattab anhu told the members of the electoral committee consult with one another and if your decision is equally split then consult again and if there are four votes to two then go with the majority. Zaid bin Aslam relates from his father that Hazrat Umar anhu stated that if there was a split in the votes i.e. three on each side then choose and show obedience to the one who Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf voted for. Abdurrahman bin Said states that when Hazrat Umar was injured, he instructed that Hazrat Suhaib would lead them in prayer for three days. I he appointed Hazrat Suhaib as the Imam of Salat. Hazrat Umar then stated that after his demise, they would consult with one another to appoint the next Khalifa and entrusted this matter to six individuals. He also stated that anyone who poses this should be killed. Hazrat Anas bin Malik narrates, shortly before his demise, Hazrat Umar sent a message to Hazrat Abu Talha stating, O Abu Talha, take 50 men from among your tribe of the Ansar and go to those six men who are part of the electoral committee. and remain there for three days until they appoint someone from amongst themselves as the Khalifa. O Allah, you are the guardian over them. Ishaq bin Abdullah relates that Hazrat Abu Talha stood beside the grave of Hazrat Umar for a while along with his men and then remained with the members of the electoral committee. When members of the committee decided to entrust the responsibility of electing their leader with Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf, and stated that he should appoint whoever he decides. Hazrat Abu Talha, along with his men, stood guard at the house of Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf until the people pledged allegiance to Hazrat Usman. Hazrat Salma bin Abi Salma relates from his father that the first person to pledge allegiance at the hands of Hazrat Usman was Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf, and after that it was Hazrat Ali. Umar bin Umaira, the freed slave of Hazrat Umar, relates from his grandfather that the first person to pledge allegiance to Hazrat Usman was Hazrat Ali, and after that everyone else pledged allegiance. Details of Hazrat Umar's final days during his illness, his advice to the subsequent caliph and to the electoral committee members are recorded 
as follows. The people said, O leader of the faithful, appoint a successor after you as part of your will. Hazrat Umar said, I do not find anyone more suitable for the station of Khilafat than the following persons whom the Holy Prophet had been pleased with before he passed away. Then Hazrat Umar mentioned the names of Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Zubair, Hazrat Talha, Hazrat Saad and Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf and said, Abdullah bin Umar will be a witness to you but he will not be entitled to the station of Khilafat. I have narrated this previously, therefore I will only mention it briefly here. Nonetheless, after Hazrat Umar passed away and they completed the burial proceedings, all the six people named by Hazrat Umar gathered together. Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf stated, Select any three candidates among you for Khilafat. Hazrat Zubair said, I give my vote to Hazrat Ali. Hazrat Talha said, I give my vote to Hazrat Usman. Hazrat Saad said, I give my vote to Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf. Hazrat Abdurrahman then said to Hazrat Usman and Hazrat Ali, Whoever of you withdraws their name, we will entrust him with this responsibility, and Allah and Islam will be their guardian, i.e. the matter of choosing the Khalifa will be assigned to him. And Allah the Almighty will choose the one who he deems most worthy. Upon hearing this, both noblemen fell silent. Hazrat Abdurrahman then said, Will you both leave this matter to me? And I take Allah as my witness that I will not choose but the better of you. I to then leave the matter to Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of, and he would then become the chair of the committee. He first asked one of them to become the chair of the committee, but neither agreed to this. As a result, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of withdrew his name from this matter and took charge as the chair of the committee. Nonetheless, he said that his decision would be based on justice and that Allah would be his guardian. Both of them agreed, so Hazrat Abdurrahman took the hand of one of them and said, you are related to Allah's Messenger وسلم, and you hold a lofty status within Islam which you are aware of. Allah is your guardian. If I select you as our leader, will you do justice? And if I select Usman as our leader, will you listen to him and obey him? Ayy Hazrat Abdurrahman took the hand of Hazrat Ali first. Then Hazrat Abdurrahman took the other aside. This time it was Hazrat Usman and advised him in a similar manner. When he Hazrat Abdurrahman secured this covenant from both of them, he then said, O Usman, extend your hand. He, i.e. Hazrat Abdurrahman, then took the Pledge of Allegiance, followed by Hazrat Ali, and the members within the household also came and pledged their allegiance to Hazrat Usman. With regards to Hazrat Umar's demise and Hazrat Usman's election as the Khalifa, Hazrat Muslimah states, When Hazrat Umar was injured and realized that his demise was imminent, he nominated six persons and advised them to elect the Khalifa from among themselves. They included Hazrat Usman, Hazrat Ali, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Auf, Hazrat Saad bin Abi Waqas, Hazrat Zubair and Hazrat Talha. 
In addition to them, he included Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar as an advisor, but did not declare him entitled to Khilafat. He also admonished that these people should give their verdict within three days and Suhaib should lead the prayer during that period of time. He appointed Mikdad bin Al-Aswad to oversee the consultation and election process and directed him to gather the electoral college at one place and to guard them. He further said that the people should pledge allegiance to the person who is elected by the majority of votes and if anyone declines to do so, then he should be killed. If there be three votes on each side, then Hazrat Abdullah bin Umar will recommend who should be the Khalifa. If the members of the Electoral College do not agree to this decision of Abdullah bin Umar, then the person favoured by Abdurrahman bin Of should be appointed as Khalifa. These five companions discussed this matter as Talha was not in Medina at the time, but could not come to any conclusion. After a lengthy discussion, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of asked if anyone wanted to withdraw his name, but all of them remained quiet. On this, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of withdrew his name, then Hazrat Usman withdrew his name, and then two others did the same. Hazrat Ali remained quiet. However, he then took a pledge from Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of that he, i.e. Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of, would be completely impartial and entrusted the responsibility of making the decision to him. For three days, Hazrat Abdurrahman bin Of visited every house in Medina to obtain the opinion of every man and woman in regard to who they thought should be elected as Khalifa. All of them expressed their agreement to the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman. Thus, he gave his verdict in favor of Hazrat Usman and he became the Khalifa. Allama ibn Sa'd writes, The Pledge of Allegiance to Hazrat Usman took place on Monday 29th Zul Hijjah, 23 Hijri. Azal bin Sabra relates that when Hazrat Usman became Khalifa, Hazrat Abdullah bin Mas'ud stated, Amongst those who remain from us, we have elected the best person and we carried out this election with utmost diligence. There is a narration in regards to the very first address delivered by Hazrat Usman upon being elected Khalifa. Ismail bin Ibrahim bin Abdurrahman bin Abdullah bin Abi Rabia Makhzumi relates from his father that when they performed the bayt at the hands of Hazrat Usman, he came before the people and delivered an address. After praising and glorifying Allah the Almighty, Hazrat Usman stated, O people, doing something for the first time can be difficult. It can be challenging when doing something for the first time. There will be many days to come after this one. If I remain alive, then God willing, I will deliver a more comprehensive address before you. In other words, he was only delivering a brief address at the time, but stated that there will be many days to come and he would deliver a more comprehensive address. Hazrat Usman further stated, I am not a speaker. However, Allah the Almighty will teach me. I, Allah the Almighty, will teach him the ability to deliver a speech. Badr bin Usman relates from his uncle that when the members of the electoral committee pledged their oath of allegiance to Hazrat Usman, he came out in a state whereby he was the most emotional amongst them all. (laughs) 
Hazrat Usman then stood upon the pulpit of the Holy Prophet and delivered an address. Hazrat Usman praised and glorified Allah the Almighty and invoked salutations upon the Holy Prophet Thereafter, Hazrat Usman stated, Verily, you all dwell in an abode which you will one day have to depart from. In other words, the life in this world. You are in the advanced years of your lives. Therefore, perform as many virtuous deeds as you can before your demise. Indeed, death is imminent, and this enemy can launch its attack at any moment in the day or in the night. Hearken, the life of this world is filled with deception and dishonesty. Therefore, let not the life of this world deceive you, and nor let the deceptive ploys of Satan deceive you in matters relating to God. Take heed from the example of those who have gone before you. Strive to your utmost and do not become negligent because Allah is not unmindful of what you do. Where are the worldly people and their brethren who would dig up the earth and populate the land, remaining therein for a long period of time? Did Allah not cast them out from it? Thus treat this world as Allah deals with it and seek for the hereafter. Seek the hereafter. For Allah gives an example of this world comparing it to something most excellent when He says وَضْرِبْ لَهُمْ مَثَلَ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا كَمَاءٍ أَنزَلْنَاهُ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ فَاخْتَلَطَ بِهِ نَبَاتُ الْأَرْضِ فَأَصْبَحَ هَشِيمًا تَذْرُوهُ الْرِيَاحِ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُقْتَدِرًا الْمَالُ وَالْبَنُونَ زِينَةُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَالْبَاقِيَاتُ الصَّالِحَاتُ خَيْرٌ عِنْدَ رَبِّكَ ثَوَابًا وَخَيْرٌ أَمَلًا These are the verses of Surah Al-Kahf, meaning, And set forth to them the similitude of the life of this world. It is like the water which we send down from the sky, and the vegetation of the earth is mingled with it, and then it becomes dry grass broken into pieces, which the winds scatter, and Allah has power over everything. Wealth and children are an ornament of the life of this world. But enduring good works are better in the sight of thy Lord in respect of immediate reward and better in respect of future hope. Subsequently, the people rushed forth to pledge allegiance to him. I will mention the conquests during the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman. During the Khilafat of Hazrat Usman, Allah the Almighty granted victory to the Muslims in the following areas. Conquest of Afriqiya, i.e. the areas of Algeria and Morocco. Conquest of Al-Andalus. Spain in 27 Hijri, conquest of Cyprus in 28 Hijri, conquest of Tabaristan in 30 Hijri, conquest of Asawari, conquest of Armenia, conquest of Khorasan in 31 Hijri, expeditions towards Byzantine territories, conquest of Marv, Russia, Talukan, Kharyab, Kuzjan, Tukharistan. The expedition to Balkhrad took place in 32 Hijri. Aside from this, it is mentioned that Islam entered India during the reign of Hazrat Usman. Some further details about these expeditions and conquests is as follows. In 27 Hijri, Hazrat Usman dispatched an army of 10,000 men under the command of Abdullah bin Abi Sarh to Afriqiyam. Afriqiyam is the area that is present-day Algeria and Morocco, etc., 
Allah the Almighty granted Muslims victory. Andalusia, Spain, 27 Hijri. From Ifriqiya, Hazrat Usman ordered Abdullah bin Nafi Hussain Fihri and Abdullah bin Nafi Abdul Qais Fihri to advance towards Al Andalus. They marched towards Al Andalus, and Allah the Almighty granted them victory. The conquest of Cyprus took place in 28 Hijri. According to a narration of Abu Mahshar, Cyprus was conquered in 33 Hijri. According to some narrations, it was conquered in 27 Hijri. In the historical accounts of Tabari and Al-Badaya wa Nahaya, this conquest is recorded to have taken place in 28 Hijri. In this battle, Hazrat Abu Zarghafari, Hazrat Abada bin Samit, and his wife, Hazrat Ummi Haram bint Milhan, Hazrat Mikdad, Hazrat Abu Darda, and Hazrat Shaddad bin Auf were all present. Cyprus is an independent island situated to the west of Syria. It has an abundance of orchards and mines. Cyprus was conquered by Amir Muawiyah with the permission and orders of Hazrat Usman anhu. In this expedition, Hazrat Umm Haram bint Malhan was also present, about whom the Holy Prophet had informed her about her martyrdom. On the return from this journey, a mount was brought for her, and when she was about to climb on top, she fell and broke her neck, as a result of which she attained martyrdom. There are accounts remaining, which I shall God willing narrate in the future sermons. I will mention about prayers again today. Continue to pray for the Ahmadis in Pakistan. May Allah the Almighty improve their situation. May Allah enable the Ahmadis living in Pakistan to offer supplications, to bring about reform in themselves and to strengthen their relationship with Him. May Allah the Almighty swiftly remove these difficult times and bring about prosperity. May we see the Ahmadis there being able to fulfill their religious obligations with complete freedom. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu, Nastainu, Nastafiru, Nomino be, Natawakalo, Nauzubillah, him in Shurin Fosino, Women say, من يعده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله ونشهد أن محمدا نبدو ورسوله إباد الله رحمكم الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل واللسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم وَدُوهُ يَسْتَجِبْ لَكُمْ 
ولا ذكر الله أكبر